Danny Franks is taking the microphone over to Trent Forrest. Ron Boone's going to have questions for Trent Forrest. I can feel it. Hello, Trent Forrest. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you look to be playing with so much confidence. Does it feel differently for you out there? Yeah, no, definitely. No. Just the past few weeks, coaches and players just been on me. It's about being more aggressive. And I feel like I've been doing that and uh, definitely playing with a lot of confidence right now. Because you just flew by Steph. You know, that guy's just going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> have that highlight forever, you know. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> what was it like out there tonight? You guys were dominant in every aspect. Um, we just had to lock in on the game plan. Um, we started off really slow, um, but we picked it up on the defensive end, and I feel like that helped us the whole game. And we stayed locked in to, um, for the entirety of the game, and we were able to get stops. What's it like to guard Steph? Um, it's great. Um, you always want to be able to guard some of the best players, so it's always a good time when you can do that. You guys look like you're having fun. Quite honestly, it didn't look like it. you guys had fun until the young guys went out there and played. Yeah. How did take me through that transformation? Um, yeah, no, that's kind of what we're here for. That's what the team wants from us, me, EP, Jared, Doak. Um, when we come in, I feel like it's a different pace for our team. Um, we're able to kind of get out and transition, get still. So, I mean, whatever we can do to help the team win, that's what we do. 12.30 at night in Florida. You think they stayed up to watch? Uh, nah, they were definitely up um, playing Steph. He, he's a fan favorite down there, so he was, they were definitely up back home. Put on a great show for the hometown then. Nice job, yes, Trent. Thank you. Trent Forrest with us as the Jazz win it, 111.85. Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott joining us now. Ron Boone, what you think of this one? Hey, guys. Hey, Ron. Better. Ron's not listening to me anymore. How you doing, Booner? Doing I'm good. Doing great. Uh, the teams come together. Ron and I are splitting I'm still, up. I'm still just blown away. This guy blotting the sauce off this pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a certain way you have to eat pizza? I mean, what's up with that? That's oh, what there was a ball game, wasn't there? As long as we're talking about food, can we give Coach Lacombe credit for predicting Arby's tonight and hitting it right on wow. the money? Actually, I got a story I'm going to tell. All right. So Steve Kerr stole a play from Fred Hoiberg, former Bulls coach, Iowa State. He was watching him play. He's good friends with Hoiberg. He was watching the play, and the Cyclones ran this out-of-bounds play. And so Steve Kerr took it from him and decided to implement it and called it Cyclone. So that offseason, he's at dinner with Fred Hoiberg, because they're, as I said, good friends. He's like, hey, by the way, I was watching your game. You guys had the greatest out-of-bounds play. Da -da 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 -da. I hope you don't mind. I took it, but to tribute you, I called it Cyclone. Fred Hoiberg goes, that's fine. I stole from BYU. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, the, and the rest of the story is that we stole it from Stu Morrill. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, absolutely. There's an article about it. And I think a Wall Street Journal wrote an article, and they, they traced it because they t Steve told that story, and they traced it all the way back to Stu. Because uh, they came to us, and we said, actually, we can't take the credit. Did you call it Aggie? Uh, no, no, no. We called it, it, we called it Dribble, which is what Stu called it. Mm. Yeah. So you didn't even pretend. No, no, no. We just... <laughs> What do they say about the, the best form of flattery, right? Right. But, well, man, what a game tonight, guys. Fun game. A lot of energy. You know, I think the thing that Quinn has been begging for is, you know, guys being down and in a stance and attention to detail. And I mean, I saw it from the start again tonight. You know, they didn't get off the best offensive start, but they plugged along. The ball really moved. And I think guys are, like you said, Dave, I think they're having fun. You think it was more of a defensive game early, or I got the feeling that this is not going to be a high-scoring ball game. I, mean, it, I, 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 I thought the Jazz would score 111. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Did I you, called that. You, you called that? Yeah. I am Rostradamus, Ron. I got to find out who this guy is. The pizza guy? Who is Rostradamus? Oh, <laughs> who's on first? <laughs> this is the best radio I have ever heard. Tim's now 26 and 5 predicting whether or not it's going to be an Arby's night. So we oh, call really? him Rostradamus. How you want to, wait, you, I got to know something here. They're the number one 
defensive team in the league. If you're going yes on them, when are you going no? This was against the grain pick. And I have picked no and, and been right. Plenty of times. But I just felt like I, I kind of felt this tonight, guys. I mean, I don't know. They're playing well. Call it what you will. I call it a gift. So what did you see from the Jazz tonight? I just thought their rotations were on point. You know, I mean, Doak was unbelievably good, you know, moving his feet, you know, and, you know, his a couple coverages, like he kind of left me impressed, you know, and his hustle to contest things. But I thought that was what it felt like to me was across the team. I, I just liked the positive flow of energy. It was really good. Where, how do you go from like, how do you suddenly become happy playing the game? Like, how did this just happen? It's a wild journey. I don't know that you can ever explain, you know, it's almost like a strand of DNA. Every journey, every season takes on its life of its own. And you've got to go through it. And there's a lot, they've been through a lot this year. Like, you know, Mike Conley said the other night in postgame, you know, I don't know what else we could go through, you know, that we haven't been through. So sometimes that galvanizes you. Yeah, they were they were super tonight. That was a fun, you know. And you know what I do? I think Quinn kept saying it every, Quinn's, Quinn kept saying it every single, you know, press conference. Like they're just playing hard. We're just gonna play hard. Keep playing hard. We like love the young guys. Like the message got got across, right? Like, hey, by the way, the rest of you, you gotta play hard too. And we weren't doing that. Well, they have the last four. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, well done tonight okay. as usual. Okay. Enjoy your evening. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Cone, do you blot your pizza? <laughs> I, no, I don't. don't. So I, is that legal? Legal? Like, who are you saying does that, David? No. This was some a fan guy. right here that blotted all of, With a napkin? of pizza. With a napkin? I saw, I saw Coach Lacombe go after a Little Caesars tonight. Trust me, oh, there was no blotting, no went, blotting went, going on. You went to the Little Caesars. Yeah, I doubled down. Hey, tonight. we, we get, uh, we get uh, Little Caesars pies in the studio every home game. Yeah, you guys should come up and check it out sometime. But you don't eat that stuff. I haven't had a slice of pizza since last summer. Was it with me? <laughs> Sorry, fellas. Every single night I walk in, I'm like, I think I'll do Maxwell's tonight. And then I don't. I'll run you down a Caesars one night, and you'll have something to chow on. Mm, thanks. All right. See I'm you guys. <laughs> have a good night. What eleven eighty five Shafana. We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim McComb. Jazz win. 111.85. Big time win over the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Jazz led tonight by Boyan Bogdanovich, who had 23 points on 7 of 16, shooting 3 of 7 from 3. Donovan Mitchell, 14 points, 10 boards, 8 assists. And uh, how about Hassan Whiteside? 9 points tonight, 17 rebounds, 7 block shots, and a. <laughs> A marvelous plus 35 in the plus minus tonight. The Jazz bench, we can get more into it later, Coach Lacombe, but the Jazz bench dom- dominated tonight. And defensively, the Jazz were great. Held the Warriors to just 36 second-half points. Yeah, I was looking for the words with the guys in crosstalk, but it really is, the, the word is connected. They they played connected on the defensive side. Uh, I thought they were very, very urgent in their rotations. They did a great job contesting shots. And then, you know, we talked about how hard at times, it is to rebound, uh, offensive rebound or defensive rebound against this Warriors team. They hold them to three offensive rebounds for the entire night. So, so many things point to the fact that really is is as good a game across the board as the Jazz have played in in some time. Absolutely, and and it's a different vibe about the team. And you and I talked about it a lot. We did not think what we saw in Jan- January was necessarily reality for this team, or that there was going to be some catastrophic implosion to the season. It just didn't feel but like Twitter that. said that they, I mean, they were going through some stuff, but you got to think, you know, this is the same jazz team that has gone on so many runs over the past couple of years that they were going to figure it out. And it does feel like they're playing with a different intensity, more joy. Uh, they on a string, whatever you want to say, they figured the communication out. It just feels like a different, it just feels like a different team. Yeah. It, and sometimes I'm telling you as quickly as, as, Things go bad, you know, uh, and you figure out how to get through those. Man, you can go on a run. And I, I like the mindset of the Jazz right now. They, 
what really more can be thrown at them? I think they've seen uh, the bottom, as Mike called it, the, Mike Conley called it the other night, uh, and, and they are fighting. I, I like the kind of the rededication to to be there for each other, to guard. Um, we haven't seen a lot of those lapses we saw um, often in in other games. And you know, the Jazz got out and ran tonight too, Jake. They were they scored points in transition. It was just all the way around. It was a really fun game to watch. And you know what? Mike Conley, we're seeing a little bit different vibe from him, too, as long as we're talking about vibes. He took that charge and had the finger guns tonight. You know, That's right. we, don't, we don't see that kind of Shooter stuff. Shooter McGavin. All that often from, from Mike. And I think about his uh, walk-off interview, was it last game, where he, you know, David asked him, I guess two games ago, David asked him point blank if if he feels like he's taken a different role on the team after kind of going through the, the doldrums of January. And I, I honestly was surprised when he said yes. I mean, he he answered very definitively that, yeah, he feels like he is being a little bit different and more vocal and all those things. I think we're seeing that. Well, and he understands, you know, the Jazz really did uh, do a, a great thing getting him to, him back. You know, it was awesome for both sides. And this is really important. He doesn't have a lot of these years left. And this team, you know, they legit are a contender uh, with everybody healthy. So, um, yeah, it's great. I, I like the the feeling through the team and whatever is bringing that. Um, hopefully they can continue to tap into it because they've been playing really great basketball. Absolutely. Connected uh, is, you know, and Donovan had a dominant performance tonight where he scored 14 points. And I think, you know, when we're talking about him rounding out his game, we're talking about that. He doesn't have to have a 30-point night for him to have a dominant performance. And that is that's a maturity mindset. You know, I think some guys get caught up in, I've got to have the numbers, my numbers, but – the end of the day, what are you judged on? You know, there's plenty of guys that scored a ton of points and, you know, never really won anything. And so to, to get past all that stuff and just focus on, hey, how can I go out there and dominate the game in whatever facet I need to? Donovan goes and gets 10 boards tonight. We talked about rebounding being something, some you know, guys that have to step up. And he had 10 of those and eight assists. I mean, it's just that's impacting the game and, and helping your team win. Curry only had 16 tonight for the Warriors on 5-13, shooting 3 of 8 from 3. What did they do right against Steph? They just were they were dialed in on him. You know, I think sometimes you got to just hope he's going to miss. Um, you know, you can do as great a job on him. We've seen that. Teams really get up in him, and he still has crazy nights. But I think the constant is you have to be committed to always being there, not take a playoff, not take a, you know, stand up and rest. And he's going to get you a few times, but you just can't let it happen too often. So much energy goes into guarding him, as we talked about in the pregame, running off all those screens and, and doing all the stuff that he does. And kudos to, you know, Royce O'Neal and the whole group, actually, for, for chasing him around and doing a good job tonight. Yeah, it's, it's, it was the number one thing, right? In the scouting report, I'm sure, it, you know, it was our number one thing. I'm sure it was theirs. When you have a legend, you know, you got to pay them their proper respect. All right, with that, we will say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way Friday night. The Orlando Magic are in town. A little revenge game for the Jazz. Remember the first matchup against Orlando? I'm so mad at those Magic. <laughs> that, game, that game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Uh, tonight, the Jazz win over the Warriors 111-85 for those of you sticking around with us. Post game continues on next. We'll get you some sound straight ahead here on the Jazz Radio Network. Catch and shoot three. Clock is at zero, and another Utah Jazz game is in the books. This is the Jazz Post Game Show. Ingles underhand scoop to Conley. Back out to Joe. Fires the three. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. Donovan skies and hammers. Now with the recap of tonight's game, here's Jake Scott and Tim LaCole. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show, Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe, Post Game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Featuring the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. The Jazz smack around the Warriors tonight, 111 to 85. We'll get you some post game sound from Coach Snyder and the players. Uh, coming up here shortly, but uh, Coach, let's get things started. Coach Lacombe, that is. Let's get things started tonight with uh, Points in the Paint, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. Serta Pro Painters, proven and trusted experts in painting. Ooh. Tonight, uh, your Points in the Paint stat. Jazz outscore the Warriors. Man, I don't think we've seen a number like this this year. 48 for the Jazz. 20 for the Warriors. That's it. 20 for the Warriors points in the paint. That is domination. 
That is the worst shooting night the Warriors have ever had, well, this season, in the paint. They, uh, they were 5 of 15, and we saw early, I mean, Hassan and Doak really physically kind of set the tone, the blocking shots early in the game. Um, but I'm telling you, Hassan was on another level there tonight. Seven? Seven. Six uh, in the first half. Six in the first half, seven for the game. And we thought we were pushing possibly a triple-double, you know, with his blocks, the way he was going. So I loved watching. It was really fun. But uh, a credit to the Jazz, they, they absolutely dominated the paint. Doak only had one block, but you got to give him credit. He was wreaking havoc, too. So he was. Super active. Super active, doing better in ball screen. I mean, we've talked about it, but it's, it's, you got to get reps. you got to get the feel and, and rep it time and time again. But feet are getting better is understanding – you know, angles and things like that. I can kind of see that transformation happening. Yeah, there's uh, – it's exciting to watch him develop. It certainly is. But uh, a night where the Jazz did not have Rudy Gobert playing against the Golden State Warriors, uh, if you would have told me that they the Warriors would only have 20 points in the paint, I would have called you crazy. Two weeks ago, I would have called you crazy. And uh, give give the Jazz perimeter defenders. And then, of course, uh, Doak and Hassan don't want to, you know, sell them short, certainly. But uh, give give the whole team a lot of credit. That's a huge number. It's become a little bit more urgent. I think that's what's obvious. And and Coach Snyder's been asking for consistency in the details all year long. And I think there's there's more of an urgency toward that. So that's what that's the result. You see uh, guys being holding themselves more accountable, and and you see good things happening out there. Speaking of Coach Snyder, let's throw it down to the media room. It's time to hear from uh, Coach's uh, post game comments. We did a really good job of. Um, containing the ball, you know, I thought a lot of that had to do, you know, with guys off the ball just really being shifted um, in good position to help, and uh, you know that helped us defend cutters. I thought that helped us on the glass, um, but you know, the, the containment was something that, you know, as you guys know, we've talked about a lot, and thought, you know, we were we were locked in. You know, on that, and, and even when we did get beat, you know, guys were ready to come over and help. There's something to the idea that without Rudy Gobert, you guys could work on your defense in a different way than, than if you weren't, you know, if you were in your place? Well, you know, what we did tonight would, would not have been any different if Rudy was there. It's not like, you know, we changed a bunch of things. Um, you know, and I think that shows, you know, Hassan had seven block shots, you know, so we still want to take advantage of our rim protection. Um, but, you know, at the same time, you know, our guys on the perimeter, you know, they, they, they've got pride, you know, and um, so they, they know the things that people say, you know, that that's sometimes a challenge for us and they take it personally. And, and I think it's, you know, what it's got to be is it's it's got to be collective. You know, it's it's a, no one guy. You know, this is the NBA, and you know, good offense happens a lot. So you have to be in position to help. Um, tonight was a different type of game. Um, they played a little more pick and roll than they usually do. Um, but again, it was it was more. You know, they, they're so unique with all their screening actions. Um, you know, so we did a good job against that. And, you know, now we got to replicate that against, you know, teams that play different styles. So, oh, you're asking to ask me why I didn't call timeout on the 8 0 run to start the third quarter. I did, right? You know, I think that I've mentioned it before, just kind of having, you know, a collective trust in one another, you know, we always, when there's a, when there's a switch, we, we want at least two passes out of it. Um, you know, and then when the ball comes back, it happened a couple of times with Mike where, you know, the ball came back to him and it was a similar situation that he had in the initial part of the possession, but it's moved a couple of times and we made the defense shift, you know, and, and then that, you know, that, that isolation, um, you know, becomes easier because, um, you know, maybe spacing's better and we've had a little bit of movement. Um, so it's something we'll continue to work on. You know, I, our, our bigs need to keep, 
you know, getting out quickly on, on the roles. We, you know, that's something we need to continue to work on um, so that they can be a part of that. And when they don't get out quickly and kind of linger, um, that's a big, big thing for us. We've got to roll quickly and then they've got to get spaced. So if we don't hit them, you know, the floor is more open, you know, where we can, we can move it. But guys not feeling like they have to make the play. Um, a lot of times in those situations, it's, you know, if you can beat your guy, you, know, you don't have to beat him to score. You know, you have to beat him, you know, to create a help situation. And, and like I said, that, you know, that's the collective trust that we've talked about. And that's where spacing again becomes essential. Well, I don't want to get too, too high because, you know, a week or two ago, you know, the sky might have been falling for some people. So um, I don't think that was the case. And I also don't think that um, this is one game and, you know, we played the right way. Um, we rebounded. We did the things that, you know, we need to continue to do. So um, what it should be is something that, that we can look at and understand why we played well and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. You mentioned that last game, Stokes' competitiveness was at a high level. You see Hassan's competitiveness was at kind of a similar level tonight, and, and how important was that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, when those guys are just battling, you know, even if they don't come up with the ball or, you know, you don't fit, whatever the case is, um, this is a tough game for, for the bigs because, you know, they have to be in position to help on a lot of the cutting. And then they have to be up to play pick and roll, you know, then they have to be up to play against handoffs, you know, and then they have to be back down again when the ball is on the post to protect that. And that, that's a lot of more than physical energy. It's, you know, being alert. And to me, you know, that, that was something that, that I thought was unique. And then obviously, you know, it's hard to block seven shots in an NBA game. So, you know, Hassan at the rim, um, you know, changing shots and, and Doke, you know, do, doing the same thing. So that's what we want from those guys. And um, they did a heck of a job tonight. We've talked a lot this season about Trent Forrest and about how that's what he's been and how he's evolving. But it, it seems like that's a, a very quick progression from just barely getting into games at the end of last season with Don Michael Hurt to like what he looks like now. I think he's, there was, you know, when we played Detroit, it, 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 he's been improving. Sometimes, you know, it, it's hard. I, I've said it before to, when, you know, to, to give 12 guys minutes, you know, and, you know, Trent kind of got a window of opportunity when we were um, just a short stretch. Um, and sometimes guys, you know, look at a two or three minute stretch and it's like, man, I, I, I can't get in the flow of the game or I'm not loose. And, you know, and that's not the way to approach it. You know, the way to approach it is to, I'm going to go in for two minutes and try to impact the game, you know, and I think that's what he did initially. And then obviously, you know, when we had some injuries and, and had COVID, there's more of an opportunity to play. And I think he, he plays within himself. Um, you know, and then defensively, you know, that that's the thing that, you know, that really has helped him. He, he, there was a couple of times that, you know, he's getting his hand in the ball, getting a steal and laying it in. Those are, those are big plays, especially, you know, for someone that's playing limited minutes, you know, those are really, those are lifts. So, um, you know, his ability to tackle, he's playing well. And so, so is dope, you know, so is JB. Um, so we're happy with those guys and, they, they, they put a lot of work in, you know, and that's something that, you know, they pride themselves in and we pride ourselves in as a program. And you don't always get to see that right away because you've got a team that's, you know, a pretty good team. So, you know, usually when you've got a pretty good team, it's hard for young players to get minutes. And that's just, but that doesn't mean they can't get better. A lot of great stuff there from uh, jazz coach Quinn Snyder. Uh, coach Lacombe, what stood out to you? I like the comments about you know, the job the big guys did. Um, is it is hard when Curry's involved uh, in screening action, and you know there's different assignments by virtue of whatever the screen is. You know you guard a flare different 
Um, then you guard, guard a pin down and you've got to understand, you know, the, the terminology and, and all that stuff. So I, I agree. I thought the bigs did a nice job being, being there to support. Um, and then Hassan being able to, to have the night he did protecting the rim. That, that, was, that was phenomenal. Also mentioned the perimeter guys have pride and, and talked about how hard they played. So uh, I also liked what Coach Snyder said uh, where he's not going to get too up with this four-game win streak just like he didn't get too down a couple of weeks ago when everybody said the sky is falling. I think that's one of, uh, of uh, one great thing about Coach Snyder. We, you and I sit here and listen to all these post games and uh, the dude is right about that. Uh, you know, he's had a couple of press conferences where he's been on edge. You know, in January there were a couple where, where he was a little bit uh, more – cantankerous maybe than others, but for the most part, I mean, he is a model of consistency. He has a, he's a great feel for kind of when to push and, and when to pull back. But the bottom line is I think his vision all along, you know, as, as far back as I can remember, he, he talked about, this is going to be a different journey than last year. You know, last year we were kind of out in front all year and, um, you know, really competed for that top spot. And this year has been a little different. So, the biggest thing I think the Jazz continue to talk about is the lesson learned through whatever thrown at them, and them handling that is is really a byproduct of their ability to kind of flip some negative stuff to now some positive things that have been happening the last you know four games. If you wondered whether or not uh, Tim Lacombe predicted Arby's tonight on a night where the Jazz scored 111 points, yes, he did. 26 and 5 on the season. This season, when the Utah Jazz score 111 or more points in a game, Jazz app users score a free Arby's Classic Roast Beef Sandwich the next day. Download the Utah Jazz app, turn on notifications, and visit utahjazz.com slash score big to learn more. And I hope. Roaster Adamas <laughs> strikes again. I hope that that roast beef sandwich tomorrow tastes extra good because they hit it right on the button. Right on the button. I mean, and, and what the crazy thing is how many have been right down to the wire. Yeah, right. And right? you've been right on more than you've been wrong. And by the way, uh, when what Jared Butler missed a free throw down the stretch, and uh, I think Doak missed one in the last couple of minutes, and Coach Lacombe was pacing in the studio again. Oh, yeah. But my bam, hands were they got on my there. head. And... <laughs> they got there. Yeah. Have a little faith out there in listener land. Coach Lacombe knows what's going on. You know, the only thing I can really point to is the clean living. It's, That's it, it must be the clean living. Jeff, Austin. what do you think, Jeff? No? Austin Collie was right. When you're living life right on and off the field, magic happens. Magic happens. Magic happens. Do you believe magic? Oh, wow. Jeff's Ooh. singing. Wow. It's must late. Be, it must is, be late. It is the witching hour. <laughs> All right. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller's Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz win. They beat the Warriors tonight, 111 85. We'll get you sound from the players coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight 111 85 over the Golden State Warriors. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Time for your master of the glass. Brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert. Ready for another year of basketball. Proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team. Rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, Hassan Whiteside, who was great tonight. He had 17 boards. Five of those were offensive to go along with seven block shots, nine points, two steals, and two assists. Hassan was also a whopping plus 35 in the plus-minus tonight. Actually, in the plus-minus, shout-out to uh, most of the bench anyway. Uh, Hassan was plus 35, Jordan Clarkson plus 33, Trent Forrest plus 23. But Hassan in particular, and we heard from Quinn Snyder in the last uh, segment, Hassan got a lot of praise from Coach, and uh, he deserved it. He played a great game. So... uh dialing the clock back. I remember Coach Majerus every time he'd get on the post game talking to Bill Marcroft and, you know, the guys would always hold out for hoping for the phrase, you know, Majerus used to say, you know, I thought tonight was uh, Keith's best game as a Ute, you know, and, he, and he'd throw that out every now and again. 
But, but you know, he'd say tonight, I, I thought Hassan played his best game as a jazz guy, you know, and, because I, I think he did. Yeah. He, um, he, he affected the game in so many different ways, but he was consistent. Uh, and I thought he hustled and did a great job contesting shots, dominated the glass like we've seen Rudy do that. And, uh, yeah, it was just great to see him. And then the team was so good while he was out there, plus 35 and the plus minus. When Hassan is on, and, you know, I'm sure the coaching staff uh, wishes they had the the secret sauce to to make sure he's on every single night. And, of course, I'm sure that's difficult for every player. But I'll tell you what, when he is on, he makes a huge impact. Yeah, and I've said it, you know, if you can get he and Rudy healthy and playing together, you know, at their best, you know, that is that is such an advantage. And you're talking about possession basketball in the playoffs and to have guys that, you know, can really protect the rim the way they do and really affect – uh, shot selection the way they do. Well, if you hold a team to 20 points in the paint. Yeah, I mean, come on. You're going to win a lot of basketball games. Right. I mean, that's amazing. What would you what'd you say they were at the rim tonight? Five, five for 15. Oof. And meanwhile, the Jazz, you know, in a, a very strong outing at the rim, 15 for 19. So, you know, again, you're always looking for advantages. And tonight, um, you know, with without Rudy, the Jazz did a great job of doing what they haven't been able to do a lot without Rudy. And, that a lot of the credit, to, in my mind, goes to the re, you know, the re-engaged perimeter guys and not giving as much, you know, up maybe at the point. And then, you know, what Quinn said, big guys stepping over and cleaning things up when they had to. Donovan finished the night with ten rebounds, uh, and it looked at half like he may be our master of the glass tonight. But uh, Whiteside zoomed on by him. And speaking of that, let's go back down to the media room. It's time to hear from Hassan Whiteside. Uh, nah. 2008. 2008 since what? A triple double? Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer. <laughs> wow. That's a long time. <laughs> it's a, it's a long, long time. time. Jeez. Um, did, you, did you think that you might be able to, to reach that tonight? Yeah, I thought I might, but you know, um, normally once the higher the blocks get, it, it, it's, it gets tough. You know, each block is, it gets tough. I think I think they they was attacking me a lot more in the beginning. And then later on, as the game went on, I started seeing guys like Wiggins went in there, try to shoot like a throw a turnaround pass, and they start doing they start doing crazy stuff. Is that fine when you, you know, it's basically the blocks work and so that they're kind of scared? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um I had a conversation. I I had told Rudy, I was like, I feel like I've been um doing going vertical a little too much. And um I was I was want to go for the ball a lot more, you know, and uh, make guys finish over me. So we talked to you, I forget if it was a week, two weeks ago, you told us, you know, the, between COVID and, and yeah. the back thing, that you really haven't been feeling physically yeah. right and like things have moved. Do you feel like you're like pretty much back to normal at this point? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I th- I'm getting like in better shape than what I was, you know. Um, like I said, when I came back from COVID, I, I really wasn't in, like, the shape, and I couldn't move how I wanted. And um, when I had, like, a back soreness and, like, tightness, it was just it was just hard for me to move. And, you know, um, it was adversity. It was tough. It was tough for me, you know. But, um, you know, my whole life been like that. You know, I, I like I like when – I like facing adversity because it shows you what a lot of people really thinks about you. So when you – um, it just gives you extra motivation. Aside from the blocks, what, what do you think was the key to the defensive performance tonight? Um, I think uh, we did a great job of just staying up on Curry. You know, I, I was trying to be up as much as possible, um, make it tough for him. You know, he's an amazing shooter, you know, and um, guys shifting over. I think we did a great job of communicating, um, spacing out. Uh, we played really great jazz jazz basketball. You know, um, like I said, I – I regret I, I went there the last two games. You know, I, I got to see on the sideline and, and seeing different ways I could probably come help the guys. And um, guys got hot. You know, we just kept running. They came out early. I think it was like 13-0. But um, we just started turning around and got the energy. We got the fans behind us and started knocking down shots. Some of the games earlier this season, I mean, even Donovan was saying that, like, even some of the wins, like, it didn't feel right. Yeah. It felt kind of off in the early season. Last couple of weeks, things have felt better for you guys. Did tonight kind of feel like the most Um Yeah, for me, I think I think so. Um, I think the guys, like, even in the locker room, like, 
I think the fact that the, the, that we beat the Warriors with the same team that had beat us twice and um, the way we, that we won, you know, um, not too many teams can go come back on the Warriors when they, they got you 15-2 or 15-0. That's Curry's out there hitting shots and they kind of soak and hang their heads. But the fact that we came back and won by 25 or 30 or whatever it was, um, it shows a lot of grit. And I think that's like one of the better wins, if not the best win of the season, in my opinion. Like you said that given kind of the stretch that you guys were going through before during the tough times, and yeah. how you guys were looking now, he's not going to get too high or too low. Do you think it's all about kind of just building the house that enabled you to win? Or do you feel like you guys really kind of stepped up in that area? Um, I, I never, like, personally, I never got, like, too high, too low. Um coming back from the teams because we had, we had came back, guys was in and out. Um, guys were going in and out of lineups with COVID and different things. And then I had came back against the Suns, which where they lost 10 games all season, then Memphis. And it was a really hard schedule mixed with not having the guys that that's, that's going to be out there, you know? So it was a combination of different things. It's, 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 it's something that we couldn't control. It's a weird situation. But I never thought that we can't compete against them top three teams in the West or top four teams that be, be, them, be up there. Yeah. Uh, we talked about you all getting a triple-double. At what point did Don become aware that he was maybe in line to get one? Um, I don't know. I, t- I told Don I didn't see him on a rebound. I'm like, just trying to rebound, and I knocked yeah. him over. We was joking about it. I said, I started to help you up, but that would have been out of bounds. So I was just, we was just like fighting for rebounds. I didn't realize that he was right there. So I was just didn't want them to get it. But um, man, Don played, Don played amazing. And uh, he's been great for us. So, I mean, I'm glad for his return um, when Rudy come back and we're going to get to keep this thing rolling. I think this is going to be a great month for us. He'd already had 10 rebounds when you were fighting with him. So. He was just trying to just pile them up at that point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you think about the trade you guys make today? Um, I don't know much about um I'm much about the guys, but um I, I know a couple of our guys know him well and I think he's a great, really great defender. You know, um if they can help for sure. You know, we welcome them with open arms. You know, I played against um Aaron Gomez a couple of times and He's a big body that shoots threes, and, you know, I, th- I think the guys can help for sure. What do you think about Trent Forrest? Oh, uh, man, I, that guy's like, I'm like, just seeing a player go from just kind of being timid in his shell and just seeing him come out and just be a, just be a, becoming a pro. Like, just watching him, his transition of being a better scorer, being an elite defender, like I didn't know he could defend the way he's doing, and and I mean he's he's just opening up to becoming like like a really great pro, and I'm like yo, he's I'm, I love to see that that development from him. All right, there you go, Hassan Whiteside, who was who was just fantastic uh, tonight. Thirteen, no, let's see here, nine points, seventeen boards. Seven block shots tonight for Hassan Whiteside. And he's quickly becoming one of my favorite post-game interviews, too. He's great. A lot of, lot of nice words for Trent Forrest right there. And uh, talking about the potential when Rudy Gobert goes, uh, comes back and they're playing like this. Uh, you know, Hassan's got a lot to feel good about tonight. He summed up uh, Trent's, you know, kind of his evolution perfectly there. I thought he said, you know, that it, it's he's kind of watched him go from being a timid kind of player that didn't want to do too much, you know, because if you do too much, you could do too much wrong. And instead, he's been way more proactive and, and he used the term, you know, kind of turning into a pro, uh, which is what we're seeing. So uh, that, that comes at a great time, obviously, with those minutes that Joe vacates. Um, you know, somebody's got to step up and it's great to see that Trent really kind of is stepping up to the, that task and, and doing a great job being uh, playing downhill, you know, playing downhill. Well, you you know, we've got to remember that, that Joe Ingles was essentially the Jazz backup point guard. Yeah. He he and Donovan Mitchell both, right? Because Donovan plays a lot with the with the bench unit and uh and then Joe Ingles takes those other ball handling minutes. So, you know, we think of Joe shooter, you know, wing wing player, but he did a lot of things for this jazz team. And I think there are a couple of players and 
and we'll see uh, with the with the new additions uh, how they mix in from uh, a minute standpoint. But with with no Joe, I think Trent Force is is going to continue to get uh, more opportunity, even with uh, even with the team getting healthy. Yeah, and I'm I don't I said this earlier, but I, I'm excited to see what uh, Alexander Walker brings. You know, I think he's a guy who. Um, you know, he brings a little bit of a different skill set. He's not as efficient offensively, but he's long. And uh, and, and the Jazz, you know, has, has proven, again, through a guy like Trent Forrest, they do a great job organizationally at developing players. Yep. Well, you know, Joe Ingles. We talked a lot about Joe in the pregame. I mean, he's probably the poster boy uh, for somebody who came in, bought in, got better, developed, and really, I mean, eight years in one place. How often does that happen in the NBA? That's again about as good as it can get, really. And he had a, he had an unbelievably great time here. But I mean, the list goes on, right? Yep. I mean, even down to somebody like Rudy Gobert, but George Niang, Royce O'Neal, you know, all these guys have been able to play their way uh, up the roster because they've developed and bought in and listened to the coaches. And you know, I, I think that's probably uh, well. Let me put it this way: the the trade the Jazz pulled off today. I've seen a lot of people say low risk, high upside. Low risk, high reward. And maybe this year he isn't the, I mean, Harrison Barnes or somebody that uh, a lot of fans were out there, you know, hoping may be the move that would put the Jazz over the top. Well, this team is pretty darn good, and this move has a has a lot of potential. Yeah, and and you know you don't you you talk about wanting somebody like a Harrison Barnes, but you don't understand what goes into you know getting that and what you actually have to give up from something that's going well. Yeah. You know, minus this this really kind of blip on the radar kind of outlier stretch you know the jazz have been great for a couple of years here in a row so it's that balance of wanting to try to do something to help but not doing too much uh let's check out your chick-fil-a foul shot review of the game download a whole new way to chick-fil-a earn rewards with the chick-fil-a one app tonight at the line the jazz were 12 of 17 including bogdanovich who is a perfect six of six from the line uh, the Warriors, 13 of 17. Uh, the thing with Bogdanovich, he he led the team 23 points, 7 of 16 shooting, 3 of 7 from 3. But I like his aggressiveness. He's, uh, you know, every time he got matched up or, or switched on to Steph Curry, he was going right down to the block to try and, and force the issue. And, you know, we think of uh, Bogdanovich as a great shooter, and he certainly is, but he's done a nice job uh, being physical and, and getting to the rim as well. Yeah, he's, a, he's kind of addressed weaknesses, which is something you – you know, you hope to do through foam study. Um, a lot of the, the stuff you work on, you're always trying to attack your own weakness. And and I think Bogey's done a better job of being a guy who, again, tonight gets six boards. You know, that, that's not the most comfortable thing in the world for him, but he, he did a good job of throwing himself out there. I think, like you said, the theme of being aggressive offensively is kind of starting to kind of go throughout the roster, and I think that's perhaps part of the, the upswing. But it, it was uh, a very nice performance by Bogey tonight. You know, quiet 23, but but definitely more forceful, you know, more forceful 23. And with a broken finger. With a broken finger. With a broken finger. Tough and dude. And still six for six from the line. Yep. Uh, Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique store to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Your final. Jazz beat the Warriors. 111-85. We'll have you more player sound coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz, jazz game night post game show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight, 111.85. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Hoping to get you more player sound uh, coming up here shortly. Uh, but the Jazz get a big win tonight. Uh, they've won four consecutive games. Uh, and they absolutely had a great defensive effort tonight uh, against Golden State. Get this. So Golden State had 31 points in the first quarter, Coach. They got off to a, a big uh, start, what, 9-0 right out of the gate. Uh, but from there, Golden State scored 18 points in the second quarter, 16 points in the third quarter, and 20 points in the fourth. That's pretty amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I, I was just looking. So the Jazz, obviously, the Warriors are the number one defense in the NBA. And the Jazz um, have an offensive rating tonight of a 
I understand there's people missing. But there's also, you know, there's time where Rudy wasn't out there and the Jazz were trying to play smaller, and uh, they really struggled. So, I mean, definite uptick right there. You see you see some, some improvement without Rudy out there on the floor. And um, as my guy Howard Jones says, things can only get better once he gets back. Yeah, and Hassan Whiteside uh, said a little something about that too. And, and before this four-game win streak, the Jazz had only won one game this year without Rudy Gobert. And there's there's no doubt that Rudy is critical to this team. We've talked about it a bunch of times. They're built around Rudy, both offensively and defensively. It doesn't mean that they should be hapless without Rudy. Maybe that was a little bit alarming. But you see this uh, this four-game win streak, and it just seems like they've buttoned it up. The, the, the energy is there. The effort is there. And you would think, and I'll knock on whatever this is from Micah here. For Micah. But you, you would think that uh, when Rudy's ready to go, uh, that he'd be easy to to plug right back in there. In fact, uh, let's uh, let's now go back down to the media room. It's time to hear from Trent Forrest. I mean, that's just a strong suit of my game right now. So I feel like I can get to the basket on anybody. Um, so I mean, every time, whether it's in transition or the half court, if the clock's running down, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident in being able to get to the rim. Was there a moment you realized that you could just get to the rim on anybody? Um. I feel like these past couple of weeks, I've kind of been able to see it more. Working with Irv has helped me just seeing different things. Um, so I would definitely say just watching the film and, I mean, just trusting and knowing that I can get there kind of whenever. Does it feel like your last year at Florida State, or is it, I mean, are you playing totally different games? Um, no, I would definitely feel like it's a little different. Um, but, I mean, I feel like that confidence that I was playing with then is probably the same. Um, just kind of trusting, believing in myself, my teammates kind of do the same thing. So I would say in that way, it's kind of similar. Just, I mean, with Don and Mike and really everybody, how how much they really trusted me is kind of the same thing as to how it was at Florida State. As you come along in your time with the Jazz, it's, I mean, it's hard for guys to, I mean, they'll often say it's hard to get into a rhythm when you're only getting a couple minutes here, a couple yeah. minutes there. What was that like mental battle for you like over the last couple of years? Um, honestly, it was, I would probably say it's been was the toughest kind of this year, just like coming in maybe three minutes a minute, um, and trying to figure out ways to affect the game. Um, and like again, I was just talking to Irv, talking to Katie, um, just figuring out ways how I could, whether it was defensively, picking up the ball. Um, so. I feel like it was definitely a struggle for me a little bit because I didn't want to be out there for like not doing anything. So I'm like, how how can I affect the game in those um, short stints? So it was definitely something I kind of had to figure out. All right. Thank you. There's Trent Forrest. Uh, Trent tonight, very, very good as he has been uh, really lately. 23 minutes, five, nine shooting, 11 points. Five assists, three rebounds, only one turnover from Trent. And I liked what he said right there at the beginning of, of his comments. He feels like he can, get, he can get to the rim on anybody. And it certainly looks that way watching him. And, and it really is weird how sometimes it just takes doing it enough and you know, kind of that, uh, that technique of, of understanding how you beat a guy. And then once you get to that rhythm, you know, to, to have that feeling like, hey, I can get there whenever I want to. And that's a great thing to have. I mean, that that's that's an elite skill, and I agree. I I think the other pieces that I found fascinating is, you know, a young guy comes into the league and and he talks about, you know, you get these choppy minutes, and it's so hard to go out there um, in choppy minutes and make an impact. But you know, he had the maturity to talk about it. What can I do? You know, where can I focus? And I, I think where he's been great is he was steady. You know, he he didn't go out there and force the issue. He didn't dribble too much. He moved it. Um, he always tried to defend, you know, he's tried to be great in transition defense. And I think those are the guys you come back to and give opportunity. I think he's earned everything um, and he's done a great job taking advantage of those last couple of weeks. He's kind of got a jazz vibe to him too, doesn't he? Yeah, he I does. Mean, it's similar to say I, I, Royce's name jumps into my mind first, but you know, go out there, play hard, fill a role, maybe do some things that other guys don't necessarily want to do. And then when you get your chance to be aggressive and kind of come into your own offensively, you jump at it and, 
he's certainly done that. Earn earn every minute he's going to get. And it it would not surprise me. We'll see what happens when everybody's back and healthy. But it would not surprise me if he's a rotational guy in the back part of the season. I totally agree. Um, you know, and that's it's exciting because again, you think of a guy who can do those things that Joe did uh, in terms of you know running the offense, getting the guys into it, but but attacking from a different manner. You know, using more of that dribble drive stuff to to perhaps get to the rim himself but also understanding spacing and where guys are going to be to find guys for assists. want to remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas throughout the season. The Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize 21 MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to nba.com slash jazz slash MVE to nominate your favorite educator right now. We're talking about Trent Forrest and his uh, 11 points, five assists, three boards, but really the bench – uh, overall, was was very good tonight. Um, has, uh, Jordan Clarkson had 13 points. He was plus 33 in the plus minus. We talked about Hassan Whiteside a lot. Nine points, 17 boards, seven block shots, plus 35 in the plus minus. And Eric Pascal had seven points tonight uh, coming in off the bench. Three of eight, only one of six uh, from three. But I think Pascal continues to be good. Um, but uh, if you look over on the other side at the the bench, for the Warriors, I mean, you're looking at Kaminga at a at a minus 29, Lee minus 22, Gary Payton Jr. minus 21, Moody minus 22 in just 21 minutes. So Jazz uh, showing a little depth tonight against the Warriors. Yeah, as they did last game. You know, almost a, a similar situation where the bench really did kind of carry the day. Um, you know, the Jazz starters got off to a rough start tonight, but I love the fact they didn't hang their heads and pout. They continued to fight, and, and before you turned around, you know, the Jazz were right back even in that game. So I, I thought the energy in the crowd tonight was awesome, too. You know, you hear the roars, um, you know, the excitement as the Jazz kind of pulled away in that game. Uh, but definitely a huge advantage, you know, when these guys are feeling good, playing good, and, the, and there's that ton of that great energy in the building. You know what? I tell you what. There's always great energy in this building, and it seems like the fans just need an excuse to let it loose. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there were a bunch of Golden State Warriors fans in in attendance tonight, as it seems like there usually is when Golden State is in town. And at one point, they tried to do the MVP chant for Steph Curry, and the the crowd around here drowned them out with booze. They were having uh, none of it. Yeah, having none of it. And yeah, I think you know, I I saw a quote from uh, Toscano Anderson. Um, uh, for the Warriors, and he he just talked about how Utah is such a tough place to play. You know, I've been covering this team for a long time, Coach. Uh, back at the beginning of my uh, career, I did a lot of uh, road locker room coverage, and uh, ev- it seemed like every coach that would come in here would just talk about what a hard place Utah is to play, and that's really been a consistent even through some of the more down years. You know, the fans here deserve a lot of credit. It's always a great vibe in the, in the stadium. And I love in here, too, because the acoustics are so good for – a crowd to go crazy yeah. the way it's built. We used to play a game up here every year, um, and we beat the University of Arizona in here, and the place was rocking. I had a couple games against Utah State in here, but it it's, you know, when that crowd gets loud, you definitely hear that and feel that down on the on the court. So I know the, the guys certainly appreciate the energy. And it was there once again tonight as Jazz come away with a big-time win over the Warriors, 111 to 85 here at Vivint Arena. Uh, coming up on the other side, we're not sure we might have another player uh, for sound. I'm looking at Jeff. He's he's giving me the the maybe question Zoom's mark. Still up. I'm going to so, say I'm going to give you the just like the Mike, Mike Conley, Conley finger guns. I think we're still in business. We'll still get a player. I'm feeling up. like Donovan's dragon tonight. He'll be there though. We'll get uh, your play of the game on the other side. We'll get Coach Combs' final thoughts on this one as well. Post game is brought to you by our friends of Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru is campaign featuring real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Once again, your final 111 to 85. The Jazz beat the Warriors. More next on the Jazz Radio Network. Donovan driving. Pool goes down. Donovan rises. Oh, drop the yellow tape on the ground. Good score to Pool is sitting there. And he is down for the count. Donovan's burying the three, and the Jazz lead by eight, and the Warriors need a timeout. Oh, man down, man down, man down. I hope it wasn't serious. <laughs> play the game right there. Our guy David Locke on the call. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. 
lhmauto.com, driven by you. Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. And the My Subaru Is campaign, real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz take it to the Warriors, 111 to 85. Um, we may have another player. We're still in a little bit of a, a hold mode. So if another player comes out uh, while the show's going on, in fact, speak of that, Donovan Mitchell addressing the media. Let's get right to it. Matter. They got that man on the other side. You never know. You never know. You got to make sure it was at a, at a point. I had two good looks, though. The Boyan, the Mr. Three, and then the, the Levis. It's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. That's how I look at it. You know? but we, won by, we won by a good amount, so I'm, I'm cool. I'm counting them up right now. There's at least three missed opportunities in the third quarter alone. Tell me who so I can get on the yeah. ball. <laughs> <laughs> I'll play, I'll play. <laughs> I already yelled at Boyan, so we're good. We're good. Yeah, you know, I think as a group, we all felt it. I think the biggest thing for us, you know, they took the first two um, in this matchup individually, you know, with us. And, you know, you go, you go, you go down 3 0 um, in that series. And, you know, if you get to a chance where it's a tie, they, they ultimately get that, that leap. So, there's a lot of things that went into tonight. We got to continue to do it, but obviously, you know, just just being like the way we competed. And I've been saying this for the past three games, and like our comp- our competitiveness as a group. You know, locking in defensively on both ends of the floor. We didn't shoot well. You know, from from I mean, I didn't shoot well, <laughs> um, but as a group, like you know, we you know we we really did a lot of special things out there. And I think if we just continue to to play as a group, to continue to lock in communication. Communication's been top notch from everybody on the team, and I think that's that's what's ultimately getting us in this position where we're continuing to put wins together. And you know, it looks different. You know, like I said, it doesn't look that different. I should say from from January. I think the biggest thing is one more guy, guys coming back and playing well, and now we're stacking up some wins. You know, I think we've we've been competing at a high level for a fairly for for a fairly long time, although the wins don't show it. But now you're seeing what it's like when everything starts to come together, and then we get big fella back and 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 Ocho back. You know take time to go up to another level. Does it feel different than it did earlier, like early in the season? Because there was mm-hmm. wins where you were like, something doesn't feel right. Yeah, I think now, I think it just all goes to the energy on the floor. Like I go, I said it in the post game, um, like Mike's charge, like Trent turned it over, I think, or missed a shot, whatever. He goes and deflected. Damien Lee gets it back. Mike takes a charge. Like that compounding effort, like continuing just to find ways to to make winning plays. Um, it's huge, you know, down the line, you know, Hassan having, was it six blocks, seven yeah. blocks, like just finding ways to make winning plays, you know, not necessarily, it's not always about, you know, who's scores or who pass, like that's going to come, but just finding ways to, to make winning plays and effort. Um, and we're really doing that, you know, we got to continue to do it. We can't just say, oh, we got it now. Like we figured it out. Like, you know, I think the biggest thing is, okay, we're doing it. This is what's going to take the win every night and go from there. I saw you applaud when there was a they announced that there was the all woman uh yeah. broadcasting group. What what did that what does that I mean? think that's just a that's just a special moment. It's been too long. I said that to, to Doris and, and Lisa. You know, it's a special I'm I'm definitely honored, you know, to be a part of that game, you know, to be a part of a historic game. But you know, women in, in our in our world, you know, are, are typically given a backseat for no apparent reason, in my personal opinion. I think they have a harder, you know, climb. Uh in business sports and in business, you know, I speak from sports because that's what I'm in. But, you know, I think when you look at tonight, like this shouldn't just be a one-off. This shouldn't, and honestly, I thought it took too long uh, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that, you know, I was to be able to be a part of that, you know, and, it, and from everything I saw on Twitter, the game was called fantastic. Um, phenomenally, I should say um, like that's this, this shouldn't just, it, this should continue to happen. It should continue to be a thing. And, you know, for all the young ladies watching the game or watching basketball, being around basketball, like Doris Burke is the, is is a phenomenal example of, of a person who played and now is having a phenomenal career in what she uh, what she does. And you know, it's great to be able to put that on a national level, national stage, and for having and influencing uh, young ladies around the, the country and the world. I think it's it's dope. What what did you think of the trade today? Um, it we we kind of knew Joe kind of. Joe kind of, like he said before, he kind of knew that something was going to happen. We didn't know what or how or who. Um, you know, thankfully, he's going to be sticking around um, from from my understanding. 
to to be able. So it's not like it's it's like trading his contract, but not the person. <laughs> you know, that's how we kind of looked at it to kind of take the the pain from it. But it's it's tough, man. Like he's he's a he's a guy I've never played without in in my career. Um, Rudy said he's Rudy said it today. He's like one of the last ones. Him and him and Joe were the last ones uh, from Quinn's era, I, I believe. Um, he's a guy like man. He's done a lot for my career. Um, I'm extremely thankful for him as a human, not even just as a teammate, as just as a human. You know, there there are times it's when you have this young kid come in, you know, bright eyed, bushy tailed, running around, you know, making plays, doing whatever, not passing, passing, and you he's able to continue to teach me. You know, as and I'm very I'm very thankful for him and for the way he's gone about helping me specifically, helping us as a team, putting himself, putting his body on the line every every night. Um, I'm I'm we're definitely gonna miss him. Um, we're, 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 we're a group that's pretty tight knit, you know, so it's definitely a lot different here than I would say to other places, probably. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I would assume that, um, you know, the first thing he said was, you know, it was some way to make us better as a team. You know, I don't think you typically hear that from guys who get traded. Like the first person, the first thing they say in a, in a news conference or whatever he said was to find a way to help better us as a team. And that just shows the type of person Joe is. And, you know, we got Nikhil, we got Wancho and, you know, we're excited to take our game to another level, but I just want to thank Joe, man. I texted him and, you know, thank Joe Renee uh, for all they've, for all they've done for me, for the, for the group, for the, the team, the state, you know, and the fact that there's, I'm, I'm thankful they're still here so we can check up on them from time to time, but um, it's definitely weird uh, for sure. Do you know much about Nikhil? Um, he's good. He's he's talented, you know. I did, he sh- he showed up on the bench tonight. <laughs> Surprised the hell out of me. Um, but you know, he's a he's a guy that can really go get it on offense. Um, a good defender, you know, can definitely be better when you know. And he's young, so there's time to grow and time to learn. And you know, he'll he'll, he'll get his opportunity. We just gotta learn the system, which is a lot of a lot of stuff. But you know, he's gonna be really really solid for us. Do you ever think about you know the progression? Like if you compare it to yourself, like how you were able to progress your playing twenty plus minutes every night since you got in the league, right? Mm-hmm. But Trent is like two minutes here, one minute there. Mm-hmm. Maybe some guys get injured, he gets a few more minutes, mm-hmm. and I mean he looks like a baller out there. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing that helped Trent was when Mike and I got hurt last year during that stretch because we all knew that's why he got dressed. We all saw he did at Florida State, you know. But now he's he learned the offense. He learned. What, where to be in spots. He learned all those things throughout that stretch. And we were one, we won, we lost, we did some, we did some good things, but he learned it. So now you come into this year, you know, he's not playing as much at the beginning and he plays a little bit. And now it's like in and out. And now it's at the stretch where you know, obviously Joe goes down. So now his minutes are going to increase. So now he's taking all the experience he learned from last year and applying it here. And, you know, you see it in this game. You know, I told him, I said, like the biggest thing with Trent, man, is like, he's so, he's so, worried about trying to make sure we get the ball. And I'm like, bro, even if I call for it, like, it's okay to look me off. Like, if you have a mismatch and I'm like this, like, attack, because we all trust you to make that play. No one's going to be mad at you, you know, for for taking a shot or being too aggressive or doing whatever, because, you know, at the end of the day, like, you go into the hoop, you find it making plays. Like, he had a play where he dove out of bounds and threw it to dope. Like, those are plays that we need, you know, and I think for him, He's so he's it's it's a it's an unselfish trait, which is which is great. But at the same time, go go get it, and you see what he's doing. You know, you see he's coming out of his we call it his little shell. You know, but he's coming out of his shell, and he's continuing to attack. And and the three ball, he's still taking those threes. And I'm I tell him every time I need you to shoot, even if you air ball, if you if you make three in a row, it doesn't matter. And he's he's doing it, and he's doing it on the defensive end as well, coming in guarding Steph, guarding the top guys, and really doing his thing. So I'm I'm happy for him. I feel like okay. Difficult for him as far as the shot goes because, like, he knows they're not going in. Right? Yeah, he, he, he sees them not going in, but he will seem like working on, on them in practice. Too. Exactly, every day, you know, and it's not going to just happen overnight. It's not going to be one thing that just it clicks, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, you continue to take those reps, continue to believe in yourself because we do, you know. And I think that's that's also what helped him continue to shoot because we're sitting there like, good shot. You know, it's one thing if we're like, man, pass, but we're not, you know, because we believe in him. We see the work and it's, you, you see the work and you guys see it after shoot arounds. He's always in there. He's always in there before shoot around and after working on that. So he's putting the time in and it's going to come. It's going to continue to get better and better. But you see his game has progressed slowly in each, every aspect. And, you know, I'm really happy for him. All right, Donovan Mitchell right uh, right there. And Donovan, of course, uh, with a great game tonight, uh, nearly a triple-double, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, and uh, 
hear him saying nice things about his teammates. Uh, nice things certainly about uh, Joe Ingles as well. Yeah, that was that was awesome what he said about Joe. And you know, I think that's where Donovan's very aware. You know, understands that um, a young guy coming in, as he said, and, and kind of shooting shots. You know, uh, it, but absolutely having you know Joe having his back from the start really cool. Um, and that's what teammates that you'll remember forever. You've got great relationships. You know, those guys will will be in your life forever. So, um, you know, awesome, awesome tribute. And then, you know, I think Donovan, he's in a good spot. You know, I feel like his his head's in the right place. I think he's um, he's definitely playing a really high level. But tonight, didn't shoot the ball, went and made an impact in other places, which was great. All right, we have some quick stat nuggets for you from our friend Tyson Ewing, and then we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one. Uh, but uh, Tyson, of course, does stats for the television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter at TyEwing2. Here we go. For the Warriors, for the first 11 and a half minutes of the game, they scored 30 points on 10 of 18 shooting, which is 56%, and were plus one. The next 33 minutes of the game, Coach, they only scored 42 points on 14 of 55 shooting, which is 25%, and they were minus 31. And then the final three and a half minutes of garbage time, they scored 13 points on four or five shooting for a plus four. So yeah, pretty remarkable. What a run. Good. Uh, let's see. Second half runs opening three minutes. Golden State goes on an 8-0 run. The next 17 half minutes of play, the Jazz go on a 47-15 run. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, Donovan Mitchell earned his fifth career double-double, and uh, the triple-double drought continues. The Jazz have now gone 1,115 games since the last regular season triple-double. Carlos Boozer on uh, February 13th of 2008. Just for a little perspective, uh, that was against a Seattle Sonics team that had uh, Kevin Durant on it as a rookie. Pretty wild. Been a minute. Been a minute. Been a minute. Been a lot of good basketball in between. Just not a triple-double. Just not a triple-double. Uh, all right, Coach Lacombe, let's get uh, some final thoughts from you on this one before we turn the page. Yeah, it's been – tonight was a huge opportunity for the Jazz to go out and compete against a team they hadn't beat. Um, did a great job. I thought they executed the game plan to perfection. Everybody was locked in. That connected word we hear often, that was definitely happening tonight. Um, you know, I like uh, just the absolute vibe of the team and certainly uh, some change, you know, and, and looking to add a couple of pieces. But, you know, uh, most importantly, Big Rudy is able to continue to rest, but the Jazz are finding a way to win games. It's never a bad thing. All right, we want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped with the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron, Bru- uh, but Ron Boone, excuse me, bringing you all the action uh, to the thanks to the broadcast assistants that helped us out tonight. Jeff Carroll, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, title sponsor of the postgame show and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Coach Lacombe, thank you as always, my friend. Thank you, brother. Uh, Jazz win, 111-85 over the Golden State Warriors. They've now won four consecutive games. They'll try to make it five coming up on Friday night when the Orlando Magic are in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 6, and you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.